Hey world, welcome to the Sharice Nicole podcast. I created this space where I'll discuss life lessons, personal stories, observations, unsolicited advice, and ramblings that go on in my chattering mind. Every so often, I will pull in guests to provide different perspectives and discuss a range of topics from nutrition to travel and all things in between. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today, I'm joined by a special guest. She goes by the name of Allison Brown, who is also a host of the Shades of Brown podcast, and also who put me onto this new term that I just learned called mother wound healing. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am the host of Shades of Brown podcast. As you just said, it's a podcast that discusses the ever evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a black millennial. I created the space because I wanted to have conversations that may be conversations we're already having, but, um, offer a different perspective. I think we oftentimes like to be either or black or white, choose a side, whatever that thing is, whether it's politics, culture, faith, family, whatever it is, we tend to like to be on one side or the other. But the truth is we are all so very complex, specifically black folks. We have all these things happening within us at one time. Um, so the space I created was to embrace the middle ground. I like, I like for us to say, hey, it's okay to live in the gray area. It's okay for us to feel uh, to feel several things simultaneously. That doesn't mean that we're hypocritical. It means that we are human and that we are being true and authentic to who we really, really are. You know, I feel this and that, and that's okay. So yeah, that is what Shades of Brown is about. And I'm also a mother wound healing coach. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know we're going to get a little bit into that first. I don't want to say too much about that right now. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I really like the the story behind your podcast. I think the same way. It's just like, I have so many thoughts. I want to share them and it's not always conventional. It doesn't always make sense, but I just kind of want to share or record a little bit of my journey. And I know that that will resonate with people. Yeah. So well, um, absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually curious. So like what made you decide to start a podcast? Do you have a blog or like what, what for you was like, this is, this is the area, this is the outlet that I want to share my story on. You know, I had, I had the idea for like a few years before I ever, you know, started it, which I started about a year ago. And it was just one of those things where, you know what, I have a voice. I have something to say for years. I did not value my own voice, um, but I, I had always had all these things to share. And I figured, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I have things to say that though, though similar things are being said, I don't believe my perspective, you know, is being shared. So That's I true. think it deserves to be out there. So yeah, I, I was terrified because again, I, I did not think that my voice was worthy of being heard, um, which of course will go into this whole mother healing, mother wound part, <laughs> this okay. mother wound stuff. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that my voice was worth being heard, but there was something within me that kept pushing me to do this. And I'm so happy I did. It has been an, an incredible journey. That's beautiful. <laughs> so good way to segue into my next question, but can you tell the audience yeah. and me again, a little bit about mother wound healing? Because when I first heard it, I was like, that is super niche, but I get it. Like when I first heard the, t the title, I was like, I get it, but still I don't really get it. So can you explain, you know, what that is? Yes. Sure. Mother wound healing is essentially a form of inner child healing. Um, that's a more 
a traditional conventional term. Um, and a mother wound is an emotional injury caused by a deficit in the mother-child relationship that causes self-critical and codependent behaviors. And it shows up within us in many ways, but typically this is caused when you actually had a mother present physically, but she was absent emotionally. Um, maybe you felt ignored. Maybe you felt rejected. Maybe you felt like, you know, you weren't really seen, heard, or valued. And this created a wound within your child, within your, uh, within your inner child who remains. So even as we progress physically, um, as we progress in age, as we progress just in our human nature, the, the inner child that is wounded does not grow up. They remain. Mm-hmm. And it, and the inner child ends up controlling us, right? Because the inner child didn't feel safe. So now as an adult, you have your inner child trying to make sure you're safe. So it comes out in codependent behavior. It comes out in perfectionism. Mm -hmm. It comes out in people pleasing. It comes out in being extremely critical of yourself or extremely critical of others or really just critical of every single thing. It comes out in having this need for control. All of these things are defense mechanisms that your inner child has formed to keep you safe. But the truth is your inner child is traumatized and needs healing. It's really great that you shine a light on the inner child, because that's a term that I've just became familiar with within the past, I'd say four years or so. And it's so interesting, like in our life, we think that, okay, we just, we just cross over in these certain stages. We go from the baby stage, toddler to child, to adolescence, to adulthood, and then seniors, you know, we don't think that we're the same person throughout our whole lifespan, but it's like, no, all the same traits and behaviors that I have are kind of similar from when I was a child, because that is me. It's an extension of me. And so that means if, you know, traumas happened in your childhood or you had certain habits, just because you're adult doesn't mean you shed that layer, you know, you carry it into everything you do. So I've actually been, um, I had the opportunity to go to a psychoanalyst and their practice is they really focus on the inner child. They focus on, you know, the family life, how you were brought up and they kind of see if there are like habits or things that you did in your lifestyle that kind of um, shape who you are as an adult. And I like that if you can't, if you don't heal the inner child, you're not going to be healed. You're going to be walking around and being a mess. So I, I like that, you know, it's a, it's a focus on that inner child relationship to see what needs healing there. So that's interesting. Another reason why um, I was really interested to talk to you because, you know, mother wound healing, I, in my life, I've also had to unlearn actually a lot of times we grow up. And I think this for my generation, like I'm a child of immigrant parents and they moved from Jamaica. They did their best. They raised me how they could. And now I have to maybe unlearn a lot of the, the, the ways that I was raised. And, you know, um, in the beginning, I, I put a lot of blame and guilt onto them being like, well, it was their responsibility. They're the parent. But that kind of created a little bit of like a, a wedge between my relationship with my parents. But then I had to like learn that, hey, they were doing the best they could. And they also maybe had their own traumas and stuff that they had to deal with and unlearn. So, yeah, absolutely. A lot of times um, I I, I experienced the same thing. You know, I placed a lot of blame on my mother for my issues. Um, But what I say is the mother wound was created by the mother, but the wound is yours to heal. You Mm -hmm. know, it's my responsibility to heal that. I can't 
expect or demand that she comes to rescue me from my own trauma. That is my stuff now. And I've got to deal with that because the truth is this mother wound thing is generational. I have a mother wound because my mother has a mother wound that was never healed. You know, the truth is she was doing her very best. The unfortunate part is her very best deal left me neglected, but that was her best, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have to honor her and respect her. And, and, and I admire her strength for, you know, raising two girls while she had her own unhealed stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is so typical with just black folks, period, you know, across the, the diaspora, it's like, we have all of this trauma, all of this stuff, um, we're carrying stuff intergenerationally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have all the resources that our European counterparts have. We figure it out, you know, we have our faith in our family, that's mm-hmm. it. And we come to this present day experience where we're still doing the same things our ancestors did, not realizing we have a different way now. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, this work for me is so important because it's like, hey, okay, I get it. Y'all did your best, but now let's do better. Let's do something different because we don't have to continue this cycle of toxicity. Cycle, yep. We don't have to continue this generational curse of emotional neglect. We don't have to continue this. There is a way uh, to to care for for our family members, our children, mind, body, and soul. There is a way to meet the needs of a child that goes beyond food, clothes, and shelter. Because that's the thing too is there's this emphasis on I gave you the best you know housing, I gave you the best cars, I gave you the best whatever, mm-hmm. you had the best education. And it's like, thank you. I appreciate that. Be- I am who I am because of because of all that you provided for me. But material possession does not feed my soul. Material possession does not make me feel safe. Material possession does not make me feel loved. You know, mm-hmm. I want to know that my mom actually likes me. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so it goes beyond these basic survival needs. Um, I always speak of, I think it's, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. and the very basic human need is um, food, clothes, shelter, sex, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right after that, which is still considered basic need right after that is safety. Mm-hmm. And we think of like, oh, well, a house will keep me safe, you know, from like the elements, you mm-hmm. know, but emotional safety is there too. These are basic needs. And this idea that children or that, you know, millennials or Gen Z were so um, ungrateful and we're so entitled and all these things. No, we're, we're not feeling entitled. We're saying we want our basic needs met. These are not luxuries we're asking for. We're asking to be seen, heard, and valued. That is a basic need of every single human. And I encourage every, everyone to not allow anyone to make you feel like you are asking for too much when you're asking for your basic human needs to be met. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's, that's important because a lot of the times it's usually that why people react the way they do and they don't even realize the connection or what's missing in their life. So it's like, how do you appeal? Like, how do you help your clients? Do they usually come to you because they know that they have an issue or, do you just, you know, you say, you know, what you do, you talk about mother wound healing and then people kind yeah. of realize, Hey, like, what is this about? Yeah. More of the latter. Um, this is a fairly, uh, new term specifically in the black community, black folks aren't talking about mothers. You know, we, yeah. we mm-hmm. oftentimes are, uh, we are oftentimes talking about our daddy issues, right? We're yeah. talking about absent fathers and deadbeat daddies. That is more of the common thing to talk about. But the truth is mother 
mama trauma is just as common, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to break the stigma off of that because we have glorified the black woman deservingly. The black woman is lit. Okay. The black woman is amazing. And I think it's one of the strongest creatures on this planet. And I stand by that. However, comma, um, you have children who are experiencing the same trauma at the hands of their mother, just as they are their father, possibly. So I have started to share more about this to inform people that this is a thing, first of all. And then as people have come into the awareness of like, oh, snap, this is me. I experienced the same thing. Then they'll reach out to me. So yeah, I offer one-on-one sessions as well as group sessions. I have an online community where we uh, heal together. Mm-hmm because healing is a journey. And I go through this six step process that breaks down the healing uh, process and stages. And firstly, I help um, my clients understand how the mother wound shows up for them. You know, mm-hmm. we have these overarching uh, concepts, you know, like I said, perfectionism, and codependency, but I want my clients to understand how it shows up for them specifically so that mm-hmm. they can identify it. Once we have identified the mother wound, I then help my clients uh, shift their perspective. You know, in order to heal, we have to have the right perspective. And for this specifically, we have to have the right perspective of ourselves, of God and of our mother. Um, and this is a very humbling part of the journey because it shifts the blame. It shifts you from a place of blaming your mother to a place of seeing your mother, to mm-hmm. see mother as a woman, to seeing your mother as a wounded person, to seeing your mother as her, you know, as a woman who has her own trauma that was undealt with, right? That shifts things for you because now it shifts you from a place of anger and resentment to a place of compassion. Mm-hmm. And also it's important for me to help my clients see who God is fully so that they understand that God is for them. God is not just a man, right? God is not just father. God is not just son. God is also mother. God the Father, God the Son, God the Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I break down how Holy Spirit in its, uh, in its original form actually means the perfect mother. And I, and I express this to my clients because it's important that they see there is a perfect mother available to help heal them, to help fill the void that their natural mother created. But we have a heavenly father and heavenly mother who is more than, more than willing and able to heal us completely and wholly. And then I help um, my clients understand that we are not picture perfect uh, victims. We, 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 we have to shift uh, that view from victimhood to a person who has also made some mistakes. Maybe we have been disrespectful towards our mother because, you know, we were angry and we have to take responsibility and accountability on what we have done wrong in the relationship and um, position ourselves uh, to show up as our best self. So once we've dealt with the shifting of the perspective, then it's easier to move into the forgiveness portion, right? Because now if I see my mother as just a woman, if I see her as just a woman, I can then relate to her. Right, because I'm a woman, and now, now, granted, men also have mother wounds, um, but typically my clients are women. Yeah. So now that I see her as a woman, it's easier for me to forgive her, and I help them in this third step go through a grieving process and go through forgiveness. And maybe you're saying, "Well, why grieve? You know, she didn't die." Well, um, you don't always have to experience a natural death to experience grief. We grieve the fairy tale of the mother that we wanted and thought that we deserved. Mm -hmm. We grieve the 
role of the mother, you know, because through healing, our mothers may not change. Our mothers may not heal with us, you know, and that's on them. We can't make anyone come on this healing journey with us. So we have to grieve the role of the mother. We have to accept the reality of what it is. And that's really what grief is, is accepting the reality and and giving yourself the permission to move beyond that. And once you move beyond that grief, and that's a very critical part too, because it's like, like who told me that I deserve this this mothering that I never got, or, or where does this even come from? And there, there's just this, um, this inner desire. And it speaks about it in, in the Bible too, where we, we have this expectation of our mother that's just innate, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and we have to grieve all of that because even though we weren't wrong for having this expectation, we have to get over that that didn't happen. And not get over it in a dismissive way, but truly process your emotions and your feelings and your real experience. Um, Accept what it is and then choose to forgive. Mm -hmm. Choose to forgive her for not knowing how to love you. Choose to forgive her for not having the tools and the capability and the capacity to love you. Because the truth of the matter is, like you said earlier, she did the best she could and she loved each of us the way she knew how to, right? Yeah. Um, and that is a very tricky part because again, forgiveness is a choice and we have to continually choose to do that because again, our mothers may not change. So maybe you're going through this process and six months down the road, you're triggered again. It's like, wait a second, you've got to forgive for old and new. <laughs> you've just got to forgive it all. Yeah. Um And once I've helped them go through that process, I then help them to start implementing boundaries in their relationships, implementing boundaries with themselves, implementing boundaries with their mother and implementing boundaries with every single relationship they had. Because typically people with mother wounds have very, very loose or extremely rigid boundaries. There's no in between. It's like either I ain't got no boundaries at all, Mm -hmm. or I have all the walls (laughs) all the borders and barbed wire fences around me. It's my goal to help get them to a place where they have healthy, flexible boundaries. One of my mentors in my head, I've never met her before. Her name is Dr. Anita Phillips. She says, boundaries are not walls. We can adjust them accordingly, as long as we don't adjust them in a way that harms us, you know? Mm -hmm. So I help uh, people implement boundaries because sometimes, sometimes it is necessary to have some distance between you and your mother while you heal you know sometimes it's necessary to take a break because I will never subscribe to placing ourselves in abusive environments you know Mm -hmm. sometimes it's necessary to create some distance and maybe you don't call as often maybe you don't visit as often those are boundaries that may have to be in place and with other people, because typically when you have a mother wound, like, like I said earlier, you're codependent and you got all these relational issues and you got toxic partners and toxic friends and narcissistic people around you, it needs, you need to have boundaries with those people as well. So I help them go through that process of implementing boundaries. And then once that's taken care of, we can get into a space of honoring our mother. And boundaries are a form of honor. I'm a believer. My faith is, is everything to me. It's the foundation of my life. And the Bible tells us that we are to honor our mother and father. But this does not mean to blindly obey our parents. That's not what that was talking about. You know, sometimes choosing not to involve yourself in, in an argument on the phone, that is honor. You know, sometimes choosing to break this generational cycle, that is honor, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we go 
go through these ways. I, I help explain different ways, even if they're unconventional ways of honoring your mother, because at the end of the day, we are still obligated to honor our parents. We don't get exempt from that commandment just because we're wounded, you know? Mm-hmm. And once we've gone through that, it's then the final step, which is managing your expectations while you heal, you know, because a lot of us think that healing is linear. We think there's a point A and there's a point B and we have this GPS and we're just going to get there. Well, a couple things, there is no there. <laughs> I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> there is no there. The journey is the destination. And I help my clients, I drill that in their heads because I want people to avoid the pitfalls that I had on this journey, you know, and I would beat myself up Mm -hmm. because I wasn't progressing in the way that I thought was necessary. And the truth is I was progressing. I just wasn't giving myself the space and the grace to acknowledge that, that growth and acknowledge that, pro- that progress. So I help my clients manage their expectations and to understand that, yes, you are healing, but you will still be triggered. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are healing, but you will still have moments where you feel like that little girl again or that little boy again, you know, at the moment that the trauma occurred, you know, yes, you are healing, but this, but that, um, but also understand that you are healing. You know, maybe your healing looks differently than the other person, but you are healing. And also understanding that and this is a big one for people who have siblings. Sometimes you feel so lonely and invisible because you have a completely different experience with your mother than your sibling. Maybe you, you know, were raised with the same woman and you have ex- extremely different experiences. That is okay. Your story is your own. What happened to you actually happened. Acknowledge that it is your truth. You do not have to dismiss your own experience just because others around you dismiss your experiences, you know? So I do a lot of validating and acknowledging people's experiences because we can't get to healing until we realize that this is a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So those are the six steps that I take my clients through to get them to a place of like, okay, it it doesn't, it doesn't all just go away in six steps, but this is the process in which, and maybe you go back and forth, you know, maybe you get to step four and realize, you know what, I've got some more grieving to do. Let me go back a little bit. It's just the framework for the healing journey that will last a lifetime, honestly. That's a comprehensive framework. I like it. Yeah. I think you kind of cover all areas, you know, because people will think they're healing, but then still get triggered and wonder why when they think that they are progressing. But I think like a lot of what you said about, you know, learning how to look at your mother as a woman and learning how to take accountability, like those are just lessons in adulthood that nobody taught us when we went into adulthood. Like these are all things that even I've had to learn, you know, okay, this is what it means to be an adult. Okay. This is what it means to, you know, make sure that I'm in the direction and steering where my life goes. And, um, when you said, you know, healing is not linear, I definitely know because like I'm going through my own healing journey and it's bringing in so many emotional things. And I am addressing things that I've done in my past. And I noticed that there's been patterns and behaviors that are are the same. So it's like, I'm working on dismantling that and creating a new me and mourning the old me. So it's like, it's, yeah, yeah, it just, it flows in and out of so many. That's so important. That's so important. You said that, you know, mourning the old you and also knowing that healing in itself can be traumatic. And I did not know that <laughs> I, I was unaware. I went into this process thinking it was going to be peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm. And I found myself being just as traumatized. And I was like, what is happening? But it's because transition period is traumatizing. Sudden change is trauma, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the change is worth it because we're coming into an evolved version of ourselves that is um absent of these childhood issues that is whole you know we are shedding layers of ourselves um and that is that's tough because all we've known was the older version of us even if that version of us was traumatized that's who we knew that's who we were familiar with that's who our friends were familiar with Mm -hmm. you know and when you start healing all of your relationships begin to change because now you are coming into this new version of yourself it's like the whole it's the caterpillar and the butterfly right yep the caterpillar is hanging out with a different kind of people, you know, a different kind of creature when uh-huh. it's a caterpillar, you know, and, and in order to get to a space where it's the beautiful butterfly, where you can roam freely and fly and you're all pretty now, you're not crawling on the ground. You have a different caliber of people and you've got to grieve those you left on the ground. And that is not easy. We talk about, you know, what is it the whole, you know, you've got to elevate you got to separate and elevation requires separation and you know you can't go high until you lose the weight off of you all these things you know referring to how we have to lose certain connections and we glorify that but that is not easy it's not easy to give up relationships we've always had or we've always known or relationships even if these relationships were toxic it's Mm -hmm. not easy to disconnect with them when they were familiar they were comfortable Mm -hmm. you know it's like Yes, it may be necessary to disconnect, but it's not easy. So giving yourself the space to grieve and to mourn is so important because healing is not easy. It's not. I am telling you, it is worth it. The life I have now versus the one I had years ago, completely different in the way I see myself, in the way I see God, in the way I see people. Mm-hmm. completely different, but it has been tough to get here. I've lost a lot along, along the way. I have gained so much though. That's what I want people to see is what you gain, the confidence you gain, the ability to show up in a room with all of yourself and all of your glory. That is something that it's priceless. Yeah, you know, like, like to go to bed, knowing that you are, knowing that you are madly in love with yourself, mm-hmm. that is priceless, you know? So yes, the healing journey is painful, but I'm telling you it is worth I love that. So I do want to ask, kind of gave a preview. You said that, you know, you're speaking from the other side, it sounds like, like you've gone through the process and now you can speak with confidence that, Hey, this does work. It helps. It's difficult, but it works. So how did you even, how did you fall into it? How did you know you needed it? And how did it get started? Yeah. Yeah. I had always known that me and my mom's relationship wasn't picture perfect, right? Like that was cool. But I didn't know that it affected literally every single thing about me. I didn't know that it affected the relationships I had. I didn't know that it it affected the way I showed up at work even, you know? So a couple years ago, around, I don't know, 2017, 2018, I began feeling this need to seek out therapy because I was like, there's something a little bit off with me. I'm not really sure what's going on, um, but something's off. So I went to therapy for the first time. I was scared because, you know, black folks don't do that, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I did it. And it was more so for like anxiety, depression, things of that nature. I was in a very low place. So I'm going through this process of healing from those things. And as I continued to heal, what was uncovered was some childhood trauma mm-hmm. that showed up as me having like, um, 
high functioning anxiety is the term. And these kinds of people is very tough to see they have anxiety because they are overachievers. They're always showing up. They're always like on top of things. Mm -hmm. But I learned that this was a trauma response because I had, I was trying to prove myself. I was trying to prove my value. I was trying to prove that I'm worthy. So let me show you that I'm perfect. Everything that I do is going to be perfect. Everything that I say is going to be backed up with facts because I need you to know that I am, and, and not literally, right? I'm not saying these things out loud, like I'm perfect. But the thought process was I cannot show anybody my flaws because that would then validate this feeling of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. That would then validate what, my, what I felt for my mom, which was, I'm, I'm, I can be ignored. I'm invisible. Those things. I, need, I needed to be able to show up in a room and prove that I belong there and prove that like, I'm, I'm cool. Like you should love me. You should like me. You should be in my presence, these kinds of things. And all that anxiety stuff, that high function anxiety and that perfectionism, that people pleasing, I traced it through, you know, therapy, deliverance sessions. I traced it back to my mother. And I learned that it was a mother wound and it was very overwhelming coming into the awareness of that. It was very overwhelming because again, I knew we had, you know, issues, but I thought they were pretty like minor, you know, like, you know, we just, we're just not best friends. Like the Disney movies, we're just not best friends or whatever, (laughs) you know, I just deal with it. But to come into the awareness that all of these things about my behavior, all of these traits are rooted in this inner child trauma. It was a lot but I chose to face it, confront it and heal from it. And, and you, you, you say, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side. And though I have progressed tremendously, like I said, healing is a journey and we're always, you know, healing. Yeah. But at this point, it was like, I've got to reach back and get other people to see that there is another way to live, that we can live whole we can live healed. We can live not always having to work to prove ourselves. We can live knowing that we are enough, period, because we are God's creation and he created, uh, created us with purpose. And everything that he created, he said was good, period. Mm-hmm. And he said it was good because he, it was his, you know? Um, I think about, now I don't mean to get preachy, but I think about uh, how he spoke about creation in the beginning, you know? After he created it, they hadn't done, it, they hadn't done anything. He just said, this is good. You know, or even when Jesus, before Jesus ever went on the cross, before Jesus ever fulfilled his purpose, God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Like Jesus was good enough well before he ever did anything. Just his being was enough. Mm -hmm. And this healing, it it taught me that my being is enough, you know? Um, So I wanted to help and I want and strive to help other people to see that, that your being is enough just because you were created, just because you are here, you are enough. You have purpose within you. You have destiny within you. You may not know what that purpose is just yet, but I'm telling you, if you are alive, if you have breath in your body, God has a purpose for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and your parents were a part of that. It may not feel good or look nice, but they were a part of that too. And for me, it was coming into the awareness that, oh, my pain has purpose. So I'm going to use this pain, turn it into something beautiful and help others have a life that is full of emotional wellness and mental wellness as well. Beautiful. I agree so much. I think that for me, it's like sometimes they say that we're born with it. Spiritually speaking, they say that we're born. We know our, like, we know how much power we have and everything like that. And then somehow throughout our lives, it kind of gets lost. You know, they say the creative adult is the child that 
survived or something like that. Yes. It's like we we know all of these things when we're young and stuff, but somehow societal norms or whatever out there kind of conditions us to think that we should then start working for something we are already born with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that resonated to me because that's even something that I do, you know, throughout my journaling. It's like I I'm deserving. I can, you know, I have a voice. I have a story to tell. I have people that I can connect with. That's why I'm even grounded in doing what I do, but um, that's so interesting. And then thank you for sharing your story because yeah, I'm glad that, you know, I mean, not glad, but like, you know, it is for a reason what you went through because you wouldn't be where you are now. (laughs) Another thing that's great about what you do is you kind of teach people that even though you've um, lived out your childhood and it's past, it's in your past, you can still connect with and yes. grow from there. Because I yes. think a lot of people think, oh, whatever, it's in the past, doesn't matter, I can't go back and change things, but you definitely can. And I know for even myself, when I think about all the stuff that I know now, I always think to myself, well, what could I have done with the knowledge I have now then to be in a different position now? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's life, it's how life goes. But for you, what is some advice or what would you say to your younger self with mm. all the knowledge you have now? Oh, First, let me say that I'm happy that you sent me this question beforehand, because had you just thrown this on me, I'd be on here crying. Okay. (laughs) I was able to like process my answer before, like I can say it verbally, because I'm like, oh, this one, Mm -hmm. this one was a tearjerker. But um, what I would say to my younger self is, I know you don't like much about yourself, much about yourself right now, but trust me when I say you will soon learn that you are divinely created and all of those quirks are now working for your good and for your purpose. I know you feel so lonely and so invisible, but just hang in there, girl. You're going to fall madly in love with yourself. Oh God, I'm crying. (laughs) Really? No, it's so true. Yeah. um, You're going to fall madly in love with the person you become. Yeah. I love that. Oh, those are good reminders. I remind myself of those little things all the time because, they're, well, they're not little, they're big things. And I actually do this um, this thing right now in my journal. Sometimes I'll literally write love letters, but to myself. And it oh, I love myself, saying like uplifting things to myself because yeah. we don't hear it enough from ourselves to ourselves. So yeah, no, it's so true. That is so true. Yeah, I love that. So another question I did want to ask is, you know, you mentioned it before, black people don't do therapy. And even well, I, I was a little different because when my naturopath suggested I go to therapy, I was actually like all hands on. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like we're, I'm very open minded to it. You know, I, I think who wouldn't want a third party to talk to who will give you like an unbiased opinion, who doesn't know your life, who is someone that can kind of give you professional guidance, you know, who wouldn't want that. And I don't, I don't think of it as like, oh, like some people think of it like, oh, what they have too much pride for that. I don't think I'm too Mm -hmm. prideful or too proud to go speak to someone. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean also that if I go to therapy that I have like issues or whatever, it doesn't even matter if I do or don't like everyone can use it. But like for you, what would you suggest or what would you kind of tell to um, other black people out there that are off like kind of um, standoffish to getting assistance in that way? Yes. Yes. I, um, I speak from in a black American context, I say it's only taboo because we weren't afforded access to mental health care for so long. All we had, and I said this earlier, all we had was our faith in our 
family, you know, and we dealt with things the best way we could. But now we have access to more resources to care for ourselves holistically. You know, we don't have to do things like past generations did. They had to figure things out the best way they knew how. Um, But we don't have to struggle the same way, you know, let somebody help you process your emotions and your life experiences. And, and even, and like you were saying, you don't have to have something wrong with you, but the fact that we are black, (laughs) that that we have some intergenerational trauma within us, you know, even if your life is amazing, the fact that you are black means you are carrying trauma within you because of our ancestors. And, And that's fine. You know, like we are lit people, but let's just let it be known. There is some intergenerational trauma going on. And because specifically in American context, because our country continually traumatizes us to the point that we think trauma is normal, you know, like it is what it is. But here's the thing though, trauma is not normal. Go see somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are so many ways to access therapy. Now there are apps like better health and talk space that make it really affordable and really informal, you know, where it's not this whole, you know, sitting on a couch and this whole thing, you know, like it's, it's almost like a social media app, like just go on there and find somebody. And because now that we're in a pandemic, most, most therapists are virtual now. So I just recently moved states, but I still have the same therapist because all of our sessions are virtual. And with Black folks, I always encourage Black folks to see a Black therapist. And I do know that there are not as many, but now because we're doing all this virtual stuff, you can pretty much find any therapist you want, really. You know, if they're in California and you're in Texas or wherever, heck, you're in Canada and you want an American therapist or vice versa, you can find it because we have these virtual options now. So I say, listen, just like you go to your annual physical to make sure all of your levels are straight, you know, your blood, your sugar, your cholesterol, Mm -hmm. whatever is working properly, you know, your body is functioning properly. Do the same thing proactively with your mind. Everything starts with our mind. We can't have uh, good relationships without our mind being right. We can't see ourselves properly without our mind being right. We mm-hmm. can't we can't even work out our bodies if our mind ain't right. Like everything starts with our mind. We can't yep. show up at work and be productive if our mind ain't right. So I'm always saying, get your mind right. <laughs> Go <laughs> see somebody. Go, you know, if there's nothing wrong with it, period, point and blank. Let's normalize this. You know, let's take the stigma away. We are mind, body and soul. You know, let's take care of it all. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) What is next for you, Allison? What is next for your mother wound healing sessions? What is next for your podcast? Like, what do you have going on? How can people stay connected with you? Yes, yes. So I'm, I'll be continually growing my online healing community. I have a private Facebook group where we grow together, we heal together, we have uh, live sessions together, we have all kinds of exclusive digital content over there. And also I'll continue offering my uh, one-on-one sessions for folks who want to heal, but in a more private space where it's just me and them and it's, you know, more personal. I'll also be releasing a digital devotional for healing from a mother wound really soon, actually at the end of this month, which is it's March right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course I'll be continuing the podcast right now. I'm on season three. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. And I should have some merch for the podcast soon too. So yeah, I've got a lot going on. So please connect with me. You can reach me on Instagram, Facebook at everything Allie B. Um, And you can find everything that I'm doing on one of those pages. 
Thank you so much again, Allison, for coming on, sharing your story, telling us a little bit about mother wound healing, going to the inner child with us. This is all such insightful information. I know my listeners are going to be like, wow, that was a really great episode. I learned a lot. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. No problem. Till next time. Bye.